Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Interesting Hour podcast. I'm your host, Devesh Verma, and with me, my co-host... Justin Kupinoff. Yeah, what's up, Justin? How you doing? <laughs> Laughing at you how you say the Interesting Hour podcast like an old man. Oh my goodness. Should I never say the podcast ever? Look, going forward in every episode we do, I should just not say podcast. That just ages <laughs> me immediately. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> Uh, I think so. You know what, man? I should never, ever have been on the show with you, okay? <laughs> you calling me old on air? Whatever. Hey, guys, uh, this week's episode is brought to you by Core Foundation. Core Foundation is a multimedia nonprofit. Check us out online at cor-foundation.org or check us out on social media. We're on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, our handle there is at the I hour and uh, Facebook uh, at the interesting hour. So, yeah, check us out. Donate, share our content, buy some shirts for your friends and family. It's pretty cool and you'll look cool in them. See what I did there? <laughs> Should I say yeah. lit? Sorry. So lit? <laughs> lit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know you're sounding no, like I'm not purposely. Hey, man, I'm hip. I'm with it. Just kidding. I don't talk like that normal. I'm older than you. I know you are. Justin, just take off. Who else do we have to thank for this episode, Justin? <laughs> Chuck Levins. <laughs> Chuck Thanks, Levins. Chuck. Yeah. For all the audio equipment, you're awesome. Anybody have any audio needs, go check them out. ChuckLevins.com. Yeah, Chuck Levins. Thank you, guys. Without you, we wouldn't be up and running with this show. And last but not least, EatSomethingSexy.com. This is our guest, Amy Riley's blog, which she has a lot of cool information about aphrodisiacs, which is today's episode. And uh, you can check out all her publications. All her books, I'm sure, are linked there. And you can uh, dive into some information if you want to find out more after this episode. So... That was a nice little intro, Justin. We have aphrodisiacs today. Yeah. So if anybody wants to stop now and go out and buy some caviar, we'll be eating caviar together during this episode. Yep. Yep. And also, and he's not joking, we will be eating caviar in this episode, but also... If you want to start planning like a romantic evening with your loved one or something, or you're trying to impress somebody, you might want to take a listen to this episode. we got some holidays around going on. I hope everyone had a cool holiday this past few weeks, and we have New Year's just around the corner. So I think this is kind of a little relevant to some people, don't you think, Justin? Oh, yeah. You what? want something a little bit more interesting than chocolate to try out? All right, let's stop. Listen to the episode. All right, let's stop being an ad. Let's just play the episode. Oh, okay. One, two, three, four. And here we are with Amy Riley, aphrodisiac extraordinaire Uh-oh. and masters master of gastronomy from Cordon Bleu. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you didn't say that right. I, I said blue the other day and my wife like got mad at me. So <laughs> she's like, you gotta say blue. <laughs> so I tried to do it right. I hope I did it justice. How's it going, Amy? Uh, it's good. And, and luckily I'm not French, so I won't judge you. Um, but I, I do want to point out that you just called me an aphrodisiac, which I, <laughs> no one's ever done before. I kind of like it. Really? Well, hey, <laughs> to each his own. Justin, right, Justin's sitting a little taller right now. He's like, yeah, look, I just did that. <laughs> so Amy, tell us a little about yourself. Uh, Justin just threw two titles about your, about you. So why don't you take the reins? Why don't you talk about yourself a little bit? Well, not only... Am I an aphrodisiac? (laughs) (laughs) But I've also been called an expert on aphrodisiac foods, um, specifically. And uh, as you mentioned, I have my master's degree from Le Cordon Bleu. And uh, did I do okay? I I like that one. I I think you're going to do way better than we are. (laughs) (laughs) And I am the editorial director of a website called eatsomethingsexy.com. I've also written 
four books written or co-authored four books on aphrodisiac foods. And I've talked about aphrodisiacs on the Today Show, the Playboy Channel, um, BBC, NPR, et cetera, et cetera. Just to name a couple. You may have heard the, of these places. I don't know if anyone has. But that's that's pretty incredible. You're like, you're, you're the final word. You're the mouth of aphrodisiac foods, right? Yes, that's, yes. That's, well, that, that, that's really cool. But how did, uh, first of all, for those of us who may not know, I mean, me and Devesh pretty much know everything know at this everything. point. But, no, we don't. Um, master's in gastronomy, what does that involve and how did that get you into aphrodisiacs? Everything. Well, uh, I actually, I'd been working as a freelance food and wine journalist, um, primarily as a wine journalist, actually. It's really, it's my, wine is one of my first loves. And um, when I realized that I would need to diversify in order to keep a career going as a freelancer instead of having to take a desk job at someone else's desk, mm-hmm. um, I kind of fell in love with the topic of aphrodisiac foods and I started writing about it and researching it and at the time it was actually quite challenging there wasn't a lot of information out there there was some stuff from like a uh from an anthropological standpoint but not mm-hmm. so much from the food side and I love that challenge and I chose to do Le Cordon Bleu had a program called um a, well it was a, a master's it's an it it's an MA it's a master's degree in gastronomy which is basically the study of food. Um, in other words, everything but the practical part. So I have the most impractical food degree you could ever have. <laughs> That's funny. Someone and, had to get it. Uh, yeah. And is, yeah. It, is it true? I, I heard somewhere, are you the second American to earn a master of gastronomy? Is that true? Yes. Uh, through the, from Le Cordon Bleu, yes. Um, there are there are a couple of other programs around the world that do offer this degree. Although I think when I got mine, um, the one in Italy, the program in Italy didn't exist. So, um, but um, Boston University has a program, and there may have been some people who, who actually earned an MA in gastronomy from that school before me. I do not know, actually. I haven't run. I haven't met any of them, unfortunately. Yeah, I'd none like of them has been anyone. on shows and written books like you. I, I, <laughs> right, yeah, right. I, think, I think we're well, safe at that point. Looking around for them. So, if any anyone's listening and you happen to have that degree, I'd like to meet you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get some networking done, man. There you go. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's still an awesome accomplishment. So, um, well, let's talk a little bit about. Uh, so, when you, you said there wasn't very much information out there, so what is the history? How did you find out the history of aphrodisiacs? Uh, I mean, there is. You, it, it takes a lot of digging. It's not. It, certainly, there's a lot more now. Mm-hmm. Um, I I completed my degree in two thousand five. I think. How, how long did it take for you to acquire that degree? By the way, how many years? Um, it was a two year program, but I did it in a year and a half. There you go. I've been wow. over like that. You seem like an ambitious type. <laughs> <laughs> just, just throwing that out there. Just want to make sure that like was. We had a year to do a dissertation, and I said, "Well, why spend a year on a dissertation if you can spend twenty-four hours a day for six months?" You know. There you go. So that's what I did. I like your mentality. I like the mentality a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so go on. Uh, you were you completed the school, um, and yeah. Well, actually, during that program, there's there's a lot of opportunity for self directed study, such as having to spend a year on a thesis, and I focused all of that time uh, on some aspect of aphrodisiac foods in the world. For example, I did my dissertation on the relationship between food and sex in American pop culture. That's, that's very cool. 
Yeah. I mean, that's not topical at all, obviously. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know how many. <laughs> so uh, that's okay. That's cool. Like uh, anything interesting you can share from that, uh, your thesis with us right now, uh, like a small, a fun fact. Um, you know, I have to say, I, I, I erased a lot of that from my mind once it was over. <laughs> watching a lot of episodes of 90s sitcoms. There's a lot of sexual food references in 90s sitcoms, like Friends and Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So that's some homework for people who are listening. <laughs> okay. So other than pop culture, let's, let's get into it. And, and aphrodisiacs in history. And when did they come about? When did people start thinking, ooh. Let's, These oysters make me feel before good. Before even that, Justin, let's define what's an aphrodisiac. What classifies oh, yeah. an aphrodisiac? So what is it? <laughs> oh, boy. Well, that actually will probably take up the rest of our, our, t- our time because um, it's a really, I view it as a very complex question. Now, I will say, to, for starters, the FDA says that an aphrodisiac food is any food that directly impacts your sexual hormones. And according to that definition, says the FDA, uh, no aphrodisiac exists. Now there is, there's, there've been some recent findings that, that hint towards specific foods actually directly raising sexual hormone levels rather than, you know, say uh, you can eat avocados, which have a lot of vitamin E and vitamin E is really good for producing sexual hormones. They're saying it has to be a food that on its own makes your sexual hormones go wild. Which, okay, we're from California. That makes yeah, California have a cut is man. The government <laughs> taking the fun out of everything. Gosh, <laughs> I, I I didn't realize. So like, there's no official aphrodisiac on paper. I guess. Well, according, according to, to the, I mean, according to the FDA. Yeah, okay. but I mean, it's like what, yeah. if you really get into it, like how are you going to test this stuff? Like. <laughs> Yeah, like what, I feel like it's a very personal experience for a lot of this stuff and kind of what, what Well, certainly there are ways. Well, that's why the FDA sort of made it such a narrow definition. This is something you could specifically test. Mm. Now, in recent years, there was a study by a group of um, American and Ita- Italian scientists, and they, they were studying a, uh, an amino acid, or I think it was two amino acids that are found in... Uh, in muscles, well, actually, it's their amino acids that are found in all bivalves, so mussels and the rest of their family, so you know, clams, oysters, okay. etc. Mm-hmm. And um, this amino, they this was not at all what they were trying to study, but they found out that uh, it raised sexual hormone levels in rats, which implies that it will also raise sexual hormone levels in humans. Um, now, that was not at all what they wanted to be looking at, so they didn't continue with the study and I actually got in touch with a couple of the scientists and said why aren't you going to and they said you know what we don't we don't really care about your sex life so uh, (laughs) (laughs) no they they just said well we simply that simply was not at all what our focus was in studying this amino acid it was just it's an accident yeah this um you know that's how stuff gets going in science like you're working on something it's like oh oh that's interesting why is this thing glowing over here what an interesting phenomenon (laughs) you know air right i don't know (laughs) yeah so So there there it may just be that oysters actually raise your sexual hormone levels there are other reasons that oysters are a great aphrodisiac and that goes back to what is my definition definition of an aphrodisiac food which i i look at as something much more complex 
than what the FDA says. I do believe that there's um, a psychological component, which, of course, is the hardest part to sort of study and measure. Um, Mm -hmm. But there are also, you know, if you look historically at foods that are aphrodisiac, you have to kind of look at the cultures that were using them. And they go back through all of recorded history. And a lot of these cultures, we we kind of forget now because food is so abundant, but they were starving, essentially. Mm -hmm. And they wouldn't have been wasting an ingredient, you know, if it didn't really have some sort of important impact for them. If they really said said it was, you know, going to improve your libido or if they said it was going to improve your performance or if they said it was going to, you know, help with fertility, then it likely really did. Uh, hmm. And only now we're sort of understanding that it's, for a lot of aphrodisiacs, it's really nutrition. Really? Yeah. Interesting. So, like, you're mentioning, like, different cultures. Like, what's the oldest culture? Is it, you're saying all th- throughout all recorded history? Or as far, like, is there a specific date where we started, like, reco- like uh, recording to aphrodisiacs, types of aphrodisiacs being used? I mean... I'm, well, it's funny because I'm, I'm now reading a book um, about the history of the poppy flower. And mm-hmm. it's really, you know, Milk of the, poppy. the history of opium. <laughs> and they're finding it's, you know, what, of course, one of its uses is to um, promote pregnancy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I, and they're finding, you know, they're finding evidence of this in ancient tombs in the Middle East, you know, where it's, it's just hieroglyphic sort of communication. Mm-hmm. That that was how it was was used. So yes, I mean that's how far back we're talking. Wow, fascinating. Is there um, a certain ones people used back in the day that we still use today? Uh, or of course. like what what was some of the oldest aphrodisiacs? Um. I, well, I mean, it's you know the the, the, same, if the foods that people were eating then and that we're still eating now would be like so hot dogs, hamburgers. Natural, <laughs> I was about to say. Um, so yeah. So. Gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. Hot dogs, Twinkies, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just throwing some things out there. Again, you say it was psychological, maybe. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Actually, there. and then the other way you can start, uh, there's a doctor in um, Chicago who looked at scent and arousal and found that a lot of food scents are arousing. And he did this in controlled studies where people were asleep. And uh, in fact, the scent of glazed donuts is arousing. Glazed donuts. Are you yeah. so? So you got a person that's asleep, and they waft <laughs> some <laughs> glazed donuts in front they of them, fr- freshly and look look to see if somebody pitches a tent. Uh huh. Pretty much. <laughs> that's crazy. Science. <laughs> <laughs> My wife's gonna bring me some Krispy Kremes in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so that might be. A little bit helpful with Krispy Kreme. Why they sell so many? <laughs> Everything's glazed there. I like that. No, we don't go to oysters or snails or caviar. It's like good old American Krispy Kreme. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. So I, that's amazing. Donuts. That's well, for me, you know, it's not really the Krispy Kreme. It's the Dunkin' Donut. But the Dunkin' Donut. <laughs> Dunkin' Donut? No, Dunkin'. Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. East Coast Donking State. Donuts is a totally different story. That's a whole totally different <laughs> aphrodisiac. <laughs> but yeah, no, Dunkin' Donuts, man. East Coast staple. I remember when I first went right. to the East Coast, I was just like, why is there a Dunkin' Donuts everywhere? <laughs> it, like, it outpaced it McDonald's. Yes, you can't survive without it. <laughs> yeah. But then now, every time I go to the East Coast, I have to go to Dunkin' Donuts. I Dunkin'. Know. <laughs> <Jeez>. So... <laughs> 
Now I know the title of the episode is going to be Donking with Donking with Donking. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. Yes. Um, sorry, Justin. <laughs> All right. And so, when you get sued for that one, don't blame me. I, I, I won't. Deal. Don't worry. Don't deal. worry. So oh, wait, is it like No, it's it's sued, right? Anyway, we'll, <laughs> we'll find out soon enough. <laughs> yes, you will. <laughs> so okay, so we're talking about like uh, w- one thing that I didn't think was really a thing. But I thought people got it, got aphrodisiacs, 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 <laughs> aphrodisiacs confused with, uh, you know, things that actually help like erectile dysfunction. Like, uh, yeah, but, there's like, does it actually help with that? Like, I've had questions like, ask her about erectile dysfunction. Like, yeah, no problem, buddy. <laughs> I do. I actually have a lot of fans who are urologists. Yes. Um, and in fact, what I actually, um, one, one saying in sort of that community is what's good for the heart is good for, you know, other things. And in in a lot of guys, the heart is not that differentiated between other things. (laughs) Because in both cases, really, it's all about blood flow. Right. Right. And honestly, a lot of that could be prevented or treated with the proper diet. As we know, we hear about the heart-healthy diet. Well, it's the same thing. But of course, same we want to we sell our pills and get people on as many pills as possible, right? So <laughs> why would we look in the simplest place like food? Yeah. yeah. Who does that? Yes. Well, if you ate right, drank enough water, <laughs> you might not have. Well, what's, one, what's one of the ones for, for blood flow? An example. Uh, okay, for blood flow. Wow, my mind went blank. I'm so sorry. No, it's all good. Uh, wine. Wine, of course. Red wine. You know, red wine oh, is good man. for your red heart. Red wine is like... Good for an erection. It's, yeah. <laughs> is go. it really? Okay. Red, any, a certain amount of red wine or just a glass? Uh, a box. You can dri- no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, it's, it's the same. I mean, the rec- obviously, the recommendations um, by... Um, that are good for your heart are obviously the same. So what do they say these days? They change it a lot. Is it two glasses for men now you're allowed and, and one for women? Two glasses for men? Well, that's just that, sound, sound, that sounds so oppressive. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I hope there's science behind that. It's not just because most men are fatter than women. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could very well. It's by weight. Ah, okay. Okay, that's, that's much more PC. I'm, uh, I'm okay with that answer. Uh, all right, so two glasses for men, roughly, and one glass for women. And don't I'm not I'm not a physician. I am not prescribing the two glasses. I just like to say, but I believe that that's about, I be, I believe that's about the daily maximum that they're recommending. And and I should say that it's not necessarily just red wine. Sort of, you know, these these big studies about the the French paradox and red wine being so wonderful. In truth. Um, White wines also, you know, it's it's in it's in the skins of the grapes. This resveratrol and these things that are so wonderful for your heart and for um, blood flow and for your whole sex life. Um, of course, white wine grapes also have skin, so you'll find it, but you won't find it in as high of a concentration because white wine they squish the grapes. You know, when they're when they're when they pick they pick the grapes, they squish the grapes, they throw away. The skins in white wine and red wine, they squish the grapes. They leave the skins there for a while. That okay, is gotcha. But you see, white wine also has some of these benefits. And, of course, we forget that champagne is very often made from red wine grapes, which means champagne is right up there with the red wine. Yeah, me and Devesh actually have a, 
some champagne glasses in front of us right now. Yeah, we do. We actually have caviar on a plate in front of us as it well. This is all for you, Amy. I just <laughs> want you caviar to know. Is, is good for men as well, for, for male sexual health. And at the moment, I am blanking on why. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't me and Devesh have a cracker real quick and find out? <laughs> find out, how Justin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Justin's getting that ready for us. What about for uh, females, Amy? Like, what's some common... Uh, female aphrodisiacs that are like specific for them uh for women all right um let's see well you hear a lot about soy and it is i will admit kind of controversial soy Uh, soy okay but soy is certainly you know does support female sexual hormones I, i know that there are other some controversies i know it's linked with breast cancer and some other things so that's you know something people have to decide for themselves but certainly from the aphrodisiac standpoint, it does have a great reputation as being an aphrodisiac for women. So does chocolate. Chocolate's probably one of those things that everyone wants to hear about when you talk about aphrodisiacs. So we'll just go through that. Um, <laughs> great for women because women like chocolate, quite frankly. Yeah, man. Um, and there are benefits to chocolate. However, the thing that, that we hear about, the reason that chocolate's an aphrodisiac, it's supposed to have all of these um, chemicals that are going to release happy hormones and you're going to have like this sexual rush and the whole thing. There was actually a scientist in Britain who studied this and found that it took something like 20 pounds of chocolate, eating 20 pounds of chocolate in one sitting um, for your average size woman to experience any of this euphoria, sexual euphoria. So, you know, pounds? that stuff, maybe not, maybe, you know, the serotonin and the happiness. Yeah, there are trace amounts of these things. Absolutely. But, Does it matter? Oh, sorry, go on. Oh, I was going to say, but it also has other benefits. Um, it does have antioxidants, which will keep you young and pretty that will keep your blood flow. It, it can also help with, you know, your blood flow. Um, and it contains a caffeine like, they believe it isn't caffeine, but a caffeine like, um, chemical. So it kind of gives you a little bit, a little bit of extra energy, which is always good when you're planning like a long night of passion. There it is. <laughs> long night of passion okay write that down <laughs> oh and chocolate also and for women chocolate also um is a source of magnesium which you might not know and Ooh. so um magnesium will help with cramping during a certain time of month so just eat up that chocolate and you have an excuse you know it's so funny man when i moved in with my wife like when we you know just started living in sin <laughs> um it was just kind of like, I never ate so much chocolate in my life. Like, my wife is addicted to chocolate. <laughs> and, like, I never ate, I mean, I ate chocolate growing up, don't get me wrong, but, like, the intake of chocolate was definitely noticeable after I moved in. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's her medication, are you it kidding? It is her medication. Like, it's so funny. She has, like, a bag of this pure chocolate chips in the fridge. <laughs> so I was just like, man, that's nuts. I mean, yeah. it's good. Don't get me wrong. I'm totally appreciating it every day. <laughs> but, uh, it's it's one of those things I had to get used to. We have enormous amounts of chocolate. In fact, I have an uncle who has a chocolate factory in Belize. Oh, you're so lucky. So we always wow. have some amounts of like really good, high quality dark chocolate in our house. That's pretty awesome. That's one thing I love is like really dark chocolate. You like like dark- when you get to like the 80% cacao, like that is. Oh okay, my see, gosh. I can't do that. I'm all about that milk chocolate life. Oh, see, no, that the 80%, that's the kind of chocolate where you're, you're actually reaping a few nutritional benefits from your chocolate at that point. Yeah. That milk chocolate. Mm. No, Sorry, I, I, mm. Yeah, I know. I, I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally aware. I'm just saying. 
if, I, if I'm if I'm you know gonna delve into that, it's just gonna yeah. But yeah, okay. Wait, uh, Justin has just gone to s- cheers. We're cheersing yeah. our chips of caviar right yeah. now. All right, here we go. Oh, excellent! Oh, nice, mm. crunchy. I don't think I've ever had caviar before. Right now, it's probably a crazy experience for you right now. I feel <laughs> different. <laughs> <laughs> I feel a little different. I gotta admit. <laughs> Sorry I just, about that. I just don't think you know what to feel about caviar. Well, I mean, caviar is just like a fishy taste. It's a little bit salty. Fishy is the right word. It's yeah. definitely got fish flavor to it. But it's really, it's really kind of. Well, I like to think of it as sort of a, an essence of ocean. So you're yeah. kind of transported to somewhere lovely, and um, it's really kind of a textural thing as well. Well, let's get into that. How much of it of, of the aphrodisiac deal is is could be all in your mind or or more mental that's a subjective thing right you said earlier we don't don't know know. and i actually was at one point talking with a psychologist about trying to figure out a way to start studying that and and sort of get a bit of a grasp on it because we we don't know um but certainly certainly there it's powerful let's face it it's got to be powerful um but you know we just, we don't know how much. I know my company, we did a survey um, and published it at one point on eatsomethingsexy.com on sort of what people perceived as aphrodisiacs. We, we, and we had maybe 200 or so respondents and it was fairly equally divided between men and women and, and chocolate was, was way up there. It was the thing that people, you know, sort of gave as a food gift, as a, as a romantic gift, not even as a food gift. What do you give as a romantic gift? I give chocolate. What do people want as a romantic gift? Chocolate. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Chocolate was like on there a lot. It was very interesting. But it was certainly, you know, this was what people perceived these things as being romantic. Um, And and champagne and chocolate were kind of all over this thing. Right. Yeah. I mentioned my wife loves chocolate, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right. Sorry. I just want to bring that up one more time. All right. So what else is, um, I feel like chocolate is really easily accessible too to people. Like, is there any other easily accessible aphrodisiac that you were surprised not to see on that list? No, but I kind of was surprised that people were, were going, were gravitating toward like chocolate as a romantic gift over other things. Um, I mean, even, you know, even a bottle of champagne or, or, or what about flowers, you know, but it was, it was all about chocolate. Um, and I do want to say we were, we're asking about aphrodisiacs for women. And, um, and since we're talking about caviar, I want to point out that eggs, and of course, caviar is a kind of egg. Eggs are excellent for sexual health. Um, and, um, and the, the, the poultry sort of eggs are great for women. The what um, sort of eggs? I'm sorry. Poultry. Oh, not okay. the fish egg but the poultry eggs are okay. there is something in the fish eggs that is great for men and i should probably look that up because i can't remember what it is but there is some nutrient in there that's great for supporting male sexual health um but for women it's the poultry sort of eggs um they're they're high in in b vitamins b5 and b6 uh which help to balance hormone levels wow which is always great and uh, they also have zinc, and which oysters, we talked about oysters earlier and, and the other and mussels and so forth and having this potential to raise sexual hormone levels. But oysters are also a great source of zinc, as are eggs. And zinc is very important for blood flow. Hmm. Um, we've already talked about uh, about blood flow. Yeah, yes, we have. <laughs> health, Definitely have. Very important for sexual health. Okay. Look at that. I didn't even really, I didn't, wasn't even thinking that deep on the level, like. 
That's why the FDA is so strict on this, huh? Like it can only an aphrodisiac, blah blah blah, an aphrodisiac can only do this one particular thing, but yeah, it's way overlapping. It, it's oh. it's really deep. It seems like yeah. rather than just this the one thing the FDA is trying to be like, well, if you're well, if you're not <laughs> doing just this, <laughs> and I understand really what they're trying to do by that is to protect people from little pills that are made from you know a, a random mix of herbs that are either going to waste your money or kill you because they could do either one, right? Uh, and that's so, that's really what it's all about. But it, it's also quite short sighted, right? Um, if you you mentioned that you it's pretty deep, but do you have like an official? verbiage of how you wish an aphrodisiac was defined um yeah i have a whole page about it Ooh, a whole page oh, that's right you were telling me in the beginning of the episode this can go for an entire episode if we just explain that yeah it's uh, really i you know i kind of i mean there there are so many things that can contribute and it depends on what sort of your end goal is i i think um is it a night of, is it a night of romance where you sort of connect or reconnect with a partner that you already have an established relationship with? Are you trying to seduce someone? Are you just trying to improve your own libido because it's flatlined for whatever reason? Um, you know, mm-hmm. what's your goal with it? Okay. Well, should we dive into every one of those scenarios? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's do it. Um, so let's say you have a goal of we've, you're, you have a partner married, yeah. you have a girlfriend or a boyfriend, et cetera. Uh, what are, how do I frame this question? Like, I, well, I feel like it's like, like set and setting is like a big part of it too. Like it's not just the food itself. In this situation, absolutely. Setting and becomes a part of it because if you're trying to, you know, kind of reconnect for an evening, it's not really going to work if you're both sitting there with your phones and you're like, on a you know on an uncomfortable chair. The kitchen's Uh, dirty. You're under fluorescent lights. Like, yeah. It's just not conducive to okay. that whole situation. <laughs> so I guess let's let's frame the question this way. Uh, you want to reconnect for an evening. What would you cook, I guess? And or- well that you know, that really depends on the people. Is do you need to get out of the house to reconnect? Because some people do, you know, some people are like so O C D that if you're at home you're just seeing everything that needs to be done. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All right. And that's that. the problem. So it could simply be you need to get out of the house and whatever that is, if it's a picnic or if it's going to a restaurant or, you know, whatever that means for you. If it means having a picnic on a bed in a hotel room, great, do it. You know, Um, maybe room service is like (laughs) room service is your aphrodisiac. (laughs) (laughs) I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So then let's let's uh, let's fast forward that then. What about if you're someone new, you're trying to seduce this person? Okay. Oh, well, I do have a practice, practical suggestion for those who aren't OCD and can stay at home. My recommendation is finding something simple to do and cook together. Ooh, because the whole cooking during together that bit. process of cooking, you kind of get in this nice rhythm. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, you kind of connect right there and you can kind of carry that through from dinner to the bedroom or maybe just, you know, throw everything off the kitchen counter if you're so inspired. <laughs> yeah, right? If Why you're not, not OCD, just slam it all off the kitchen counter <laughs> the dirty deed i love it i, th- I think that's that it is a case huh? ocd can definitely prevent that for some people my yeah. wife i mean my wife will tell me every single time like that we're cooking she's like i love this this is one of my favorite things to do with you and i get it you know like and then you throw everything off the table <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like just what the f- <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, that's what happened when I tried it. My wife is OCD, so it would be like, I throw everything off, and she's just like, good night. Yeah, see, if I try to throw something off, like, our kitchen island, my wife's like, what's your problem? I always end up on the kitchen table by myself. <laughs> just sitting there with my, my fist under my chin, just wondering what happened. Yeah. No, that's great. Uh, that's so funny. So, again, let's go, go on to the next question, though. If you're trying to seduce somebody, you can't just throw things off a kitchen table. So, like, let's say you're going on a date with somebody. What would be, like, a good spot to take a date for male or female? Okay, well, first of all, I just want to say mm-hmm. that if the chemistry is not there, no food is ever going to make this happen for you. That, that That's what I was thinking about, too. Like, there's definitely, like, there's there's no superfood that's going to be, like, love potion number nine. I'm scratching off, like, five questions right now that I don't need to ask anymore. <laughs> now, if there's some potential, if there's, you know, been a spark over the water cooler at the office and you want to take it somewhere else, then, yeah, you can pick some foods that may be able to help move these things on. Um, first of all, the champagne, if the champagne, person likes yeah. champagne, because if they don't, it's never going to work. Uh, or whatever it is in that in the alcohol family that mm-hmm. that works for them lowers the inhibitions. But you know, I always recommend keep it to a minimum because things might not go so well later. Or even if they do go so well later, you might regret something. So yeah. one, two yeah. drinks is probably good. Keep part of your mind intact. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep keep some part of your mind intact for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are foods that have that have been considered aphrodisiacs for centuries that have an immediate effect on the body, um, like chili peppers, which make your lips plump up. And to someone sitting across the table, you look more kissable. Um, they also raise your body temperature and get you ready to tear off all your clothing. <laughs> uh, they can if you eat if you're a fan of the heat and eat a lot of them they can they can release endorphins and you're just feeling real good you've almost got a runner's high simply from having a curry oh wow and yeah, yeah so that you know so there are foods <laughs> like that, that that can work in that way as well so you have your glass of champagne and then you move on to your very spicy curry and then you're ready to you know you're ready to Take your relationship to another level. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. This is so awesome. (laughs) All right. So now let's get to that third scenario. If you're just, you're having a bad streak and you can't perform. Yeah. So what would you recommend for that person? Cutting out the alcohol for a while. Okay. That's one. (laughs) You know. Got it. That's why I can't get out of this Because that's like, that's clearly what's happening. I can't get out of this ride. Just drinking your life away. It's like, it still won't work. Okay, <laughs> so can I have the uh, apple? Focus on foods that are that support sexual health. So things like which do we great um, salmon is is a great one. Uh, it's it's an oily fish, so it's loaded with omega three fatty acids, which improve your mood as well as it's got protein protein, which will support your will help you. Um, have a sustained performance, shall we say? There we go. Uh, <laughs> 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 and, you know, focus on eating ingredients that are, are specifically good for male or female sexual health. You can certainly eat foods that are rich in folate. Uh, if your goal is um, conceiving a child or, you know, if that's part of your sort of your aphrodisiac thing is, is which historically it is. A lot of it, you know, historically, the, the medicine man is, is, is giving you the aphrodisiac so that you're going to procreate and keep their tribe or culture or whatever going. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So that historically has, has been a huge part of, of what aphrodisiacs can do. So that would be, you know, that's what I would, I would recommend is, is probably throwing out the Twinkies. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Maybe so, cut down the glazed donuts. I'll relay, relay that information to the person who asked. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, which yeah, is we'll you. Do, um, lentils, dark chocolate instead of milk. You, you know, it's funny you said uh, for uh, procreation, uh, why aphrodisiacs, like the medicine man would come by and give an aphrodisiac. I was just watching uh, this last season. I don't know if you watched the show. It's on Netflix. It's called uh, Marco Polo. Um, do you watch this, Justin? Actually, No, I've seen it everywhere. Okay. I've wanted to get into it. It's but. not bad. I mean, there's definitely like, I mean, if you wanted me to be critical about it, it's not like Game of Thrones. Amazing. Yeah. But like, it's pretty good enough where I want to watch it. And just this past season, season two, there is a, uh, a prince who just got married to his like his fourth wife or something like that. And the whole point of it is because he's trying to conceive. He wants to birth a son. And uh, behind the scenes, the mother-in-law took the, the princess and she's like, do you like love this family, et cetera? Like she's just talking her up and like she gives her like this bull's heart to eat raw. And like it's just oh supposed God. to be like <laughs> it's something to just get yeah. her going. Like, and yeah, she's exactly. like, that's disgusting, dude. What are you talking about? Like, wait, what are some ridiculous things? Like, like is that true? Like, Well, personally, I would take that bull's heart and I would cook it first with maybe saute it with a little oregano and some salt yeah. black pepper. You're making this classy. This woman was eating something <laughs> raw. I know it was a, it yeah, was a see, prop, no, that, but... one, that wouldn't be happening in my world. But I was about to say, you could replace your, your steak with some wild game if you're looking to up your sexual game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, things that, you know, because the wild game is, it has more nutrients. It also has less saturated fat so not only are you getting the nutrition you need you're also reducing the saturated fat which is going to slow you down anyway so yeah awesome well along those lines of like maybe some things that maybe now we don't think of as aphrodisiacs are there any ones that you found in researching the history where it's like i can't believe people were doing this like are there any stories like that Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously. Yeah. It's yeah. like 80% actually. <laughs> Can you give us a couple examples of things people well, might have been eating that were like, well, why are they doing that this? that you would find even today in one of those Chinese apothecary is just like, no. no, yeah. no. Just no. When they're using like crazy yeah. parts of animals and stuff. Just, just no. No. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. Yeah, I mean, and that and that gets us on to something else I just wanted to talk about briefly, like, you know, the controversial stuff, like, you know, you hear about, you know, the same little shops in, you know, Chinatown that may be here. And it's like, oh, you want some rhino's horn? I got rhino's horn. I see when Justin was mentioning this to me before this episode, I was like, I was not aware entirely of this whole market. This sounds Uh, completely crazy. It's so sad. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that whole I mean, that's really, that's why so many animals are endangered because people think it's going to like get them off. It's just not. It's so sad. There's absolutely no proof that the horn of a rhino, which is basically nothing more than, you know, made of nothing more than a a fingernail. Mm -hmm. It's like eating powdered fingernail. And yet there are almost no black rhinos left in the world. But, and, and people are, regardless of whether, I mean, well, it doesn't work, but people are buying that stuff up. Like you can get, you can pay. Uh, you can make so much money if you bring a rhino horn to China and, and sell it for that. Like that's awesome. why that's why things are going extinct because they can make right. so much money off this. Right. It's, yes, it's an enormous amount of money um, to poach these animals, and yeah, and it's and it's it's and shark fin is the same thing. It's cartilage, and unfortunately, you know, with shark fin there is a huge traditional cultural tie, where, you know, of, of having the shark fin soup. Mm-hmm. Um, so at least. 
I mean, at least there's something, you know, there's a little more than simply just, I want to, you know, I want to have a good time, but (laughs) it's still terrible. It's terrible because it wastes the entire rest of the animal just for this fin. And, and ultimately the, the reason is because it's supposed to be a food of romance or a food of love or a food of a wedding food or, you know, and it's, it's just not, it's not an aphrodisiac at all. It's cartilage. That's that's what people will do just for the promise of getting off or like just, you know, having a good time. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. That's nuts. Uh, There's a joke by Joe Rogan. He actually has a joke. uh, I'm going to butcher it completely, but uh, he's mentioning like, you can promise a guy sex in another dimension and he'll do whatever you want. (laughs) Like, it doesn't have to be true. As long as there's the promise of sex, (laughs) he's just going to do whatever you want. So like shark fin or a horn. Yeah. No, (laughs) it's nuts. No. Um, What's there? Is there like a, different strengths or effectiveness uh, from some aphrodisiacs versus others? Like uh, more reliable strength or more reliable effects? Well, you know, they they have different effects. So, for Mm. example, as we talked about, there are those ingredients that the scent of which is simply arousing. Um, Mm. And that's something that, you know, we can control and it's just going to happen. But, of course, to what degree, I think probably would depend on Shoot, how good is your sense of smell, first of all? <laughs> right. And right. second of all, you know, what? what is your, you may have a psychological association that, that is negative. Uh, for example, the, the number one scent uh, that aroused men in this study was the combination of lavender and pumpkin pie spice. Well, really? You, you might have a real negative um, psychological tie to pumpkin pie. You just might, you like know. A huge taste so. aversion that's just like prohibiting you <laughs> from just, yeah. wow. That's funny. But by the same token, if you don't and you have a great sense of smell and you, you smell that, apparently you're just going to, you know, you're going to be ready to rock. I love lavender tea. Is there any aphrodisiacs? Oh, well, now you I know. I wonder if that's why. I wonder why. <laughs> Is there certain aphrodisiacs that work better at uh, certain ages in your life versus like, I don't know, like a, not just condone anything or what, but like teenage years versus, you know, early adult versus late adult Um, I have never read anything that specifically addresses that question. However, I I mean, I can say that I do recall this with the study um, on scent and arousal. I do recall it saying something about the scent of vanilla aroused older men. And I I don't know at what age. Um, So I I always thought, well, if you just, you know, dab some vanilla behind your ears, you could probably land a sugar daddy. These have but not been you, tested claims, by the way. Yeah, totally. But I would think that as you get older, simply having good blood flow becomes much more important. Okay. Uh, because we know that that all gets a little clogged up as time goes on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my profession, my, um, my, very, my clinical terms here, it all gets a little clogged up. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I would think that those foods that, that support heart health would become more important uh, with age. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. That's definitely awesomeness. good to know. Um, we already talked about controversial aphrodisiacs. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're, I think, like, this has been awesome. I think we might be coming closer to the end. Closer, actually, but I just, I feel like I have so many more questions to ask her. <laughs> <laughs> just, I mean, Amy, we have you on the show. We just need to just get you to drop so much knowledge yeah, on us. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just want to know a few more, maybe things that I haven't thought of that we could find it that we don't have to go farther than the grocery store. You know what I mean? Yeah, like maybe a or, farmer's yeah. market. Oh yeah. <laughs> like maybe you could just give us some, some simple, some simple things that, that might be ideas that for us to try with our wives. 
<laughs> you know, I, it it always it always depends um, on the person and their personal preference. And I think just keeping that in mind when you plan, a, a, you know, a romantic meal is part of the aphrodisiac. Mm. Um, uh, something that I suggest for couples, a great way to kind of connect and make something together that's aphrodisiac is to roll sushi together. Ooh, sushi. But, I mean, <laughs> if you know someone who has an aversion to nori, or, you know what I mean? Like, right. it's just not going to work. Um, I, champagne is always one of my big suggestions, but of course, if you hate champagne, you hate champagne. Right. Um, like, I'm so, not, I'm, I don't think I'm going to be able to bring oysters home to my wife and have her suck down some of those and then, like, be in the mood. I think. Like, yeah. No, man. She, that is that is not her thing. Like you, should, you need to have an untied bow tie. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. I, let me help you out, man. <laughs> let me help you out. <laughs> but, sorry, Amy. Do you have any other input for that? Um, so no, it's really it becomes you know it becomes a very personal thing mm-hmm. uh, for the person and and. However, you, you know, certainly there are ingredients that you could choose that would be a better choice and ingredients that you could stay away from because they're not such, good, not such a good choice. I, I mentioned mm-hmm. that alcohol is wonderful, but let's face it, a beer is not sexy. And I'm sorry, I know lots of people in the beer business mm-hmm. and it's, you know, it's, that's a wonderful beverage and it's not. But, I mean, it makes you bloated and it makes you belch. Yeah. So, no, mm-hmm. don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, and as sexy as Thai food is... Having 10 pounds and then trying to get intimate, <laughs> it just doesn't work. I've tried. I challenge you to eat 20 pounds of chocolate, sir. No, no 20 pounds of chocolate. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's all, it's all very, it's, there's a balance. In it, and I always recommend choosing something that's a little lighter. Um, I would never have this, I would never serve the um, sirloin topped with blue cheese butter because mm-hmm. what are you going to want to do after that? It's take a, a nap coma. yeah man. Yeah, yeah take a nap this is the most that's the most romantic thing you can do what are you talking about just cuddle time you know what i mean yeah i guess i love it when you drool on my shoulder yeah. <laughs> this is the best advice i've ever gone these shirt stains are for you baby <laughs> Ooh, uh there's a question i didn't ask earlier True. um Aphrodisiac for uh, for animals that works for animals but not for humans and vice versa. Like you were talking about, you mentioned earlier about rats, but like, is there like I, I just I don't know. I thought we should just for the animal lovers in the audience. I just want to ask this question. I'm like, I, I love it. I mean, is this for the breeders out there? I guess. I mean, you know, you know, if there's like a stallion that they're trying to like breed, I don't know. Just ask me. Um. I, 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 I'm not a veterinary. I'm not a vet. I'm not an Afro, veterinary aphrodisiac uh, expert. I, <laughs> I stumped um, Amy. Yeah, I did it. Yay! Totally meant to do that. I mean, awesome. Apparently, you can feel feed muscles to rats and then get real excited. But other than that, I. I there we go. Now we, we didn't stump her. That was it. That was it. That was it. <laughs> that was good times. Okay, thank you for answering that, Amy. My curiosity <laughs> has been satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny um yeah justin do you want to ask your question oh i i had something um like because we were talking about you know just i think a lot of this as as much as you can get from the food it seems like you know mindset is a big thing like and so like how much of it do you think it's like i i feel like it can be the same way with with alcohol too like you know oh i've had a few drinks now i'm just feeling like 
maybe it's not doing anything to me physically, but I feel like now that I've had the drink, it's like, oh, it's okay to be a little bit more adventurous, you know? Do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> well, just don't get the question. Was there a question with that? Yeah. Or I was going, I was waiting for that too, Justin. <laughs> go on, Justin. Let's go. Let's dive more into your personal life on air. Let's keep it. <laughs> No, I just, I, I mean, I, I don't you think that that's an aspect as well? Like simply like being like, uh, like in the past two years of my life, I don't think I've brought something home like, hey, cat, this is an aphrodisiac. Like that's how we're starting off the night with the intention of having that. And then I, <laughs> oh my gosh, stop laughing. I can't, I can't, I'm not laughing at you, man. I'm just, this is comical how you're explaining you. yeah. this. This is great. Um, yeah, man, go on. I'm done. <laughs> Justin, don't walk out. Justin, come back. <laughs> uh, sorry, I won't interrupt again. No, it's 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 good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> Amy doesn't have to answer anything. No, no, Amy, we're fine. Amy, forget everything Justin just okay. said right now. I'm sorry. We are so silly today. I hope this is okay, Amy. This has been a freaking okay. amazing okay. episode. You know, because this is great. Because uh, just like yesterday, we're recording uh, retro causality. Oh. It was such a dense uh, episode that okay. like this is such a and now you get to talk about rat sex. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now we're talking about rat sex. It was a great flip. And I it's it's a day we really needed. <laughs> so um I think dude, we're running out on time now. So Yeah. Um so is there anything else that you wanted to uh plug about yourself? Like how can we find <laughs> you? Like what do you uh I think you mentioned did you mention all the books that you wrote earlier? Because I know you co-authored uh, I a couple of them. I mentioned that there are four. Mm-hmm. Um, two that I am the sole author of are um, still in. Uh, I, I'm not sure about two of them if they're in publication, but two I know that I sold. Those I'm the sole author of are definitely in publication. They're called Fork Me, Spoon Me, The Sensual Cookbook, nice, and Romancing the Stove. Ooh. Not stone, stove. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and is that you uh, on the cover uh, of those? You know, a lot of your question, the questions that you asked, if people wanted to find out uh, more, we have a lengthy library of aphrodisiac ingredients at eatsomethingsexy.com. And we even address, you know, some of the ingredients that are better for women or for men, Fantastic. the nutrition side and all of those things. So if you go to eatsomethingsexy.com, you'll find those as well as some fun recipes. Or you could just buy my books and then you've got lots, <laughs> lots of recipes. Yeah, get the whole thing. Right? And I will say that you are you're on top of that. Like when I went there to check out the website, like you had just posted something that day or the day before. So it seems like you... You're you're on top of that. You have a lot of cool stuff coming out there, and I've looked through some of it, so I can vouch well, for that. Thank you. No worries. Thank you. Um, that's fantastic, Justin. Do you have like a favorite, least favorite? Question? I got a, I got a lasty for you. You got a lasty. Okay. Um, so out of all the aphrodisiac food that you've tasted, what's your favorite and least favorite? Ooh. There's got um, there's got to be one you know, that's some like. People, hmm. Well, okay. Some people talk about beets being aphrodisiac, and there's nothing. Please don't ever put a beet in front of me. I, <laughs> don't even. I don't want to see a beet. My dad From is the ex- same way. Like his family used to cook beets because I think it was just you know it was a cheap food. They had so many kids, and it was like yeah. My dad just, would um, just not touch them. That's why no, like Dwight. You can eat the greens, you can eat the whole plant. So I can understand why people, you know. But no, don't ever put one in front of me. So that that <laughs> be my least personal least favorite. And then of course all of the ingredients that are from, you know, powdered parts of endangered animals I find 
rather disturbing and upsetting. So please don't ever. Yeah, I think that's that's a farce. That's not even an aphrodisiac. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that doesn't count in what we're talking about. <laughs> um, and then my favorite, I, th- I probably I mentioned it about 18 times today, which is champagne. Champagne. Yeah. Champagne. I not to be, you know, I'm inclusive, inclusive of cava and, and all the rest, cremant. Yeah. <laughs> all right that is awesome well you know what thank you so much for coming by i saw and dealing so, with us yes because <laughs> this was our most childish episode so far and we were laughing like but like it seriously it was so much fun it's so. one of those things like how far do i don't want to dive into these topics yeah, yeah. <laughs> because like i don't want to get in trouble you know yeah, I, I don't want to get in trouble and also there's way too many puns that i held off on yes um it's but a punny, punny topic, amy yeah. you 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 kept it professional for us you kept us in line <laughs> and i appreciate that can we have a little cheers with you right now if you have a glass uh, in front of you yeah so. absolutely all right, all right here we awesome, go awesome guys good podcast good podcast see you next time amy Thanks thank so you so much, much. you bye-bye bye well thanks for joining us guys Hopefully you uh, had caviar right there along with us. Or some chocolate. we sat in a room by ourselves. Hey, bro. Just come on. Why do you have to just put the nail in the coffin about how we operate here? (laughs) It was romantic. It was just caviar, two microphones, and two dudes talking to Amy Riley on the other line of Skype. It was champagne. I know. Oh, that's right. Don't forget the champagne. That was a nice touch. Justin, I got to say your production quality on this particular episode was off the charts. You got a 10 out of 10. Oh, thanks, man. I'm just trying to keep it real. Right, let's just see what you do next week. So, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us for this episode. Once again, this episode was brought to you by Core Foundation. Core Foundation is a multimedia nonprofit. Check us out at cor-foundation.org. And also, Chuck Levins. Chuck Levins for all your audio needs. ChuckLevins.com. Chuck Levins. And last but not least, EatSomethingSexy.com. Check out everything that Amy Riley was talking about today's episode on her website. And also check out her books that she's published and buy them. You can get them on Amazon. You can get them through her website, which I think is going through Amazon. So check it out. It's pretty cool. EatSomethingSexy.com. And once again, guys, find us on social media because that would be really cool to talk to you and hear your feedback and leave reviews. Yeah. Talk to us, please. Yes. And also, have a good Happy New Year in a little bit. Yeah, I know, and, uh, right? Yeah, and hopefully you had a great uh, Christmas and uh, all the other holidays. <laughs> yeah, Justin, <laughs> don't be biased at all on that. No, guys, seriously, everyone, <laughs> happy holidays. <laughs> happy holidays to everybody. And uh, next time we see you, we'll be in the new year. So here's to a great 2017. We'll see you next week. 